Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Selected Star Trek episodes. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm joined as always with my good buddy Matt. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm excited to be doing our uh, maiden uh, podcast. That's right. We're going to go podcasting where no podcast has podcasted before in episode zero. That's right. <laughs> all right, Matt, so why don't you tell us what's this show all about? Well, basically, we're uh, going to be doing this uh, podcast where we will randomly select an episode and uh, give a review and talk about it. Yeah, I found that when we talked about doing a podcast that we basically were having a hard time picking a series that we wanted to do, and after kind of bouncing around with some ideas of what we wanted to do, it was kind of like, you know what, why don't we just randomly pick it? And uh, thought maybe it would be a good idea to turn it into a bit of a game. Yeah, of course, and uh, randomness is always always makes it much more interesting. And yeah, the game, the, the making into a bit of a game is uh, also fun. Yeah, so the idea is going to be we're going to draw a different episode each week, and we're going to try and tax our memories, I suppose, to remember what happened in the episode, which characters showed up, which quotes get made, just from memory alone. And uh, then the next week we're going to review that show and give ourselves kind of a floating grade out of five. Exactly. Yeah. No Google allowed. Yeah. So we actually did come <laughs> up with a series of rules that we're going to follow. Um, and that first rule is that we're not going to try to do any research. We're not going to start studying like it's SATs or anything like that. We're going to just go straight from memory. So what we're going to look for when we sort of re recall what we can, we're going to look for the plot, we're going to sort of drop any quick trivia that we can, any guest characters that show up, and any sort of famous or fun quotes. And you're going to have to do that all in one minute's time. Minute, maybe 90 seconds. That's right. No pressure. Yes, no pressure, and we're going to try to go with no hints as well. That's right. So the other rule that we have also that is going to make it a little bit more fun is that uh, you're not allowed to, like, tap out. You have to, like, say something. You can't just say, I don't know. You have to guess. If yeah. you don't know, you have to guess. You have to say, you have to do the best you can to fill that minute with something. That's right. And I mean, across the different series, we're looking at, um, it's like 700, 800 episodes of Star Trek across all of them going back to the 60s. So, I mean, there is going to be some that we don't know, and we're going to have to just do our best to try and guess as much as we can. And then the other person is going to have the luxury of giving that person a nice little rank on how they did. And again, that's going to be out of five. That's right, out of five. And we're going to make them interested. We're going to assign it a score out of five inanimate objects from the episode. It'll change every week. Right, and then we're going to finally finish up with kind of like a rapid-fire round where 
Uh, we'll go back and forth with some trivia tidbits and stuff like that. After we've seen the episode, we'll do a bit of research, try to find out some interesting things, and then uh, pull the one for the next week. And uh, everything is fair game. Every episode, every series, even the animated series, it's all it's all been put in the hat. That is true, and I have actually painstakingly cut out every episode, folded it up, and placed it into a nice little hat that we've got here. Um, so there's going to be no tomfoolery, no random number generated, anything like that. It's the old-fashioned way. Reach in and uh, pick your fate. It's it's pretty hilarious. There is actually a hat, and they're actually, like, I wish we could do video just for this one thing so we could, like, show the hat of episodes because it's hilarious to see... 700 little tiny pieces of paper folded up in a hat. <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, we could have done anything here. We could have done Batman. We could have done Star Wars. We could have done Transformers. But why Star Trek? Because Star Trek is so much better than all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an obvious episode. An obvious answer, I suppose. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a show that we're both really into, so I thought it might be a good thing for us to do a podcast about. That's true, and I find that I'm into a lot of things as well. Like, I like James Bond, and I like uh, the many Marvel movies, and I like Star Wars and stuff like that, but there is something about Star Trek that uh, makes for a good show, number one, but also number two is there's just such variation. You get adventure, you get, uh, you know, sad stories, you get horror stories, you get everything wrapped up under the sun with Star Trek, which makes it a really good thing to watch a whole ton of, which is what we're going to be doing. It's true, and you never know what you're going to get, especially if you're doing random episodes. That is very true indeed. So tell me a little bit, um, how did you get into Star Trek, and maybe more specifically, do you remember the very first episode you ever saw? I do remember the first episode I ever saw. It was uh, a very early and very not good Next Generation episode called The Samaritan Snare. Uh, but the story goes back a little further than that. So when I was a kid, I watched a lot of Reading Rainbow. And I don't know, you probably remember that show. Yeah, yeah that's yes, um, back in the day. Georgia LaForge. That's right. LeVar Burton was the, the big star of that show. And I watched that a lot when I was like really young, like five, six years old. And uh, one day when I was just bored and looking through the channels on the TV, I came across LeVar Burton, but he wasn't LeVar Burton. He was Georgia LaForge. And he was sort of like the focal point of that episode uh and so I, I was like oh what's this and i ended up watching the whole thing and that was the first episode i saw and then sort of later on i sort of slowly got more hooked on it partly because my dad used to watch the original series a lot and i and, and just slowly over time I, I sort of got more and more curious about it and i think it was around the end of season five of the next generation when it was in its first run that's when i really got into it right like down the rabbit hole as it were right pretty yeah pretty much now how about you do you remember the first episode you ever saw so i actually grew up um without any cable i was kind of one of these like households that had two three channels so i actually never saw any star trek up until i was about a teenager um and of course being a teenager uh when i was uh, it was like you were either a star wars fan or a star trek fan and i always kind of felt like i'm a star wars guy Star Wars, Star Wars, I had them on VHS, watched them all the time. Um, and one night I was, my parents finally caved, got us a satellite dish, and I was kind of flipping through some stuff, and I was saw, oh, on Space Network, it's uh, Star Trek. I'd never seen an episode. I kind of thought, ah, that's lame, it's cheesy, it's old. Um, and so I turned it on, and the episode was Arena. 
Remember that's one with the Gorn and he goes down and fights it and stuff like that. And, and I kind of watched it haphazard. It's one of the most famous Star Trek episodes ever, but it really kind of affirmed what I thought. Like it was cheesy, the big axe handle smash. Uh, there's no lightsabers or flipping or anything like that. And I kind of went, oh, this, this is exactly what I thought. It's lame. Uh, and I kind of put it away for a long, long time. Um, and then when I was in college, my uh, roommate, uh, he was a huge Voyager fan. And Voyager used to run uh, like around 4 o'clock uh, on Space Channel. And when we got back from class, we'd always be cooking up dinner and stuff like that. And he would always watch Voyager. And inevitably, I would end up sitting down and, uh, you know, watching it with him. And I, I kind of got hooked. Um, and I'm kind of one of those rare people that Voyager was my first Star Trek. Um, and then after I had kind of watched it through a bunch with him, uh, Netflix became popular and, uh, my wife and I watched through all the next generation. We watched through all of Deep Space Nine. Um, and yeah, like, like you said too, once you kind of get in and you realize like, oh, there's a bunch of other series and you start watching them and learning about those characters and stuff like that, it's really easy to get immersed into it. And actually, um, we watched all the movies together. Uh, we went to school together, um, in a town north of here and, uh, I had never seen any of the movies and Matt had a big stack of uh, DVDs and I think it was over the course of maybe like a couple of weekends or something like that. We hammered through all the movies because I had never even seen them until, um, yeah, we were in college. So that's pretty much uh, where I was at. Um, unfortunately, I haven't really seen a ton of Enterprise and I actually haven't seen any of the animated series, but um, for the series that I have watched, I, I'm pretty good for knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, that was quite a glorious uh, run through the movies we had. Yeah, and I mean, at, <laughs> at that time, I think Nemesis was the most recent one. Uh, most likely, yes. Yeah, because that was in 2007, and the J.J. AJ, AJ Abrams one did for 2009, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that was actually kind of a weird time, because like I was really big into it when there was really no Star Trek going on. It's true. If you yeah. think about it, right? Like yeah. and that was kind of the dog days of Star Trek when there was really nothing on TV. Uh, the movies had kind of fizzled out, and it was kind of like nobody knew where it was going to go. The null space between <laughs> yes. the Paramount produced and J.J. Abrams produced. Right. I guess we'll get to there eventually as well. Um, so I guess we, let's just do kind of a quick, uh, a quick fire favorites, just so everybody has a sense of kind of where we're at. Um, we're sticking to the TV shows for the podcast uh, proper, um, and then the movies are going to be kind of saved for special editions, maybe special anniversaries, things like that. So this is just looking at the TV series, um, and um, why don't we just quickly go with maybe the easiest one. What is your favorite series? So my favorite series would be Deep Space Nine with an honorable mention to The Next Generation. How about you? Um... I'm about the same. Now, there is, like, the outside chance, because I've only seen a handful of Enterprise episodes. I guess I can't, like, discount it. Um, but as of, like, the recording date, Deep Space Nine is my favorite as well. Um, Next Generation is really, really good. I feel like it's the gold standard. But I think that the Deep Space Nine just, yeah, it had a special kind of magical charm to it. And again, because I watched it on Netflix I was able to kind of do the binging that I don't think they even, you know, that wasn't a thing back when they were releasing it, but they were far ahead of their time when they had kind of these long arcing stories that you could kind of follow along with, which was really nice. Very much so, yes. And uh, your favorite uh, episode of, I guess, why don't we do one of each? And that way it'll kind of be 
a little bit uh, a little bit exciting. I have written out kind of my favorite episode of each series. I know you've done the same. I don't know yours. You don't know mine. So let's just kind of start. We'll go in uh, chronological order. What is your favorite original series episode? Uh, the Enterprise Incident. Okay, the Enterprise Incident. This is kind of putting me on the spot. This is with the Romulans? Yep. It's when kind of like a submarine episode? No, this is where they... So the Romulans show up in like these... Uh, Klingon battle cruisers that they made a trade with the Klingons to get, and then they're, they, there's they basically capture the Enterprise, and there's like this sort of you know struggle for the crew to retake it and escape. Okay, well, mine is um, the City on the Edge of Forever. I think that's maybe an obvious one. Um, I think it's the original series episode I've seen the most often. Uh, it's always kind of ranked in the top one or two uh, whenever you see it online. Yeah. Um, I mean, for obvious reasons. I think it was kind of like where they were hitting on all cylinders, so um, I'm not going to speak too much too more to it. Uh, what about uh, Next Generation? Unification. Unification. Okay, Spock, right? This is the only That's... episode that Spock ends up showing up in, right? That is Spock's uh, famous Next Generation appearance, yes. Right, and I guess maybe when we get to that episode, we can talk a little bit more about it, but I remember there being like, uh, that was like a huge, huge deal, right? It this was. Because um, I think that... I don't remember where that falls, but, like, Scotty had been on it before Kelly was on the first episode in Counter Farpoint, right? But yep. Spock was, like, the big get, right? Um, right? Maybe even more so than, like, Generations when they got Captain Kirk. I think Spock was was the big one, right? Yes. All right. Next generation for you. Uh, mine, again, uh, it's probably top one or two. It's the inner light. Um, it's the one where Picard, uh, you know, lives an entire life and he gets the flute and everything like that. Yep. Um, that is just such an amazing piece of science fiction um, writing. Again, maybe nothing too, too crazy about that one. But, um, yeah, it's my favorite episode. It's just so well done. And I feel like if somebody was like, I don't really get Star Trek, like, show me an episode of it. You could show them that and they'd be like, oh, okay, I see the power of, like, science fiction. Yes, agree. All right, Deep Space Nine, your favorite episode? Call to Arms. Okay, another another two-parter, another heavy hitter. Why Call to Arms? Uh, I think it was probably... I think because it was such a good way of sort of kicking off the Dominion War that you knew was coming for, like, two years. True. It's Very not true. like they just sort of, you know, let's go, let's do it. They, there was actually a little bit of a... There was actually some substance to it. It wasn't just, like, you know, wartime. It, there was actually right. a lead-up to it that was actually... I thought it was pretty good. Right, and I think that was kind of like uh, Star Trek all-out action, at least on the TV side of things, kind of at its best, right? It was pretty pretty action-packed. Yeah, um, I, for Deep Space Nine, um, it's really, really hard for me not to pick Pale Moonlight, but I'm actually picking The Visitor. Um, that's the one where um, Cisco gets lost in space, and Jake spends like his entire life trying to get him back. It's a super-duper sad episode. Um and again, same thing. I kind of like sci-fi when they use the sci-fi kind of narrative to tell like a really good story, and that's a great example of like a really hard-hitting gut punch story. You're you're really going for the the emotional. I know. I feel like I'm going to be like the emotional one. You're going to be like all about the action ones, perhaps. <laughs> um, all right. What about uh, Voyager? The Year of Hell. Oh, that is a good one. That is a good one, and I did not pick that for mine, but uh, Year of Hell, tell me why. 
Uh, it's very, I like it because it's sort of this obs- crazy obsessed lunatic that's trying to re, like, I mean, he's basically altering time to try and re... Get his wife back, right? It, it was to get his wife back, yeah. And then he has this, like, time shit that can alter time very severely, and he's trying to, he's like just obsessed with getting his wife back and having everything back the way it was before he started tinkering with the timelines. It's a good, like, sort of Moby Dick kind of story. Yeah, and I think that is kind of like what I was saying. That's a great science fiction way to tell, like, show the Voyager characters, Janeway and all these different people, like, in a way that you couldn't show them normally. Like, you can tear them down, break them down, you know, literally put them through hell, and then at the end of the episode, you kind of snap your fingers and everything's back to normal, right? <laughs> Um, yeah. Which is a con, you know, a common trope, but um, I think that yeah, that's a great one. I didn't take that one. I took Scorpion. That's the Borg episode. I know that Voyager kind of gets a bit slogged because they went to the Borg thing maybe like once too many times. But um, Scorpion's the one with seven and nine together. It's a really good episode. Um, yeah, it was a very good episode. Yes, I agree. How about Enterprise? I chose uh, Shockwave, which was, I believe, the end of season two or the beginning of season three. There was, uh, I don't, I, I, it's been a while since I've watched Enterprise, and I don't remember exactly what happens in that episode, but I know it was a big sort of temporal Cold War thing. There was a bit of a cliffhanger, but I don't actually remember what it was. Right. I'm still <laughs> making my way through uh, Enterprise. I'm actually not even through the first season, so there's lots that I haven't seen. I've seen like. In Mere Darkly and some of the big heavy hitter episodes, but um, I was kind of in a bit of a pickle for this one. I took the Andorian incident. Um, that's the one that takes place at like the Vulcan Temple and they have yep. to kind of break through. It's the first time you see the Andorians. Um, first time you see Shran. Yeah, see, and like. He, the, he becomes a big deal. Here, yeah, right? and uh, I mean, it, it's a good episode. I, I'm assuming that there are some later ones. In Mere Darkly is really good too, um, but I'm going to take. Um, the Andorians, and did you get an episode for Discovery? I did not. All right, well, I guess I'm just going to answer this one. I took <laughs> Despite Yourself, that was, remember they took that little break um, when they kind of left it as a bit of a cliffhanger, and they came back, and that's when they found out that they were, in fact, in the Mirror Universe, Captain Killy, the ISS Discovery, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, and you may have noticed that we kind of subtly bypassed the animated series. Um, i Never seen an episode. My favorite is the first episode, which is also the only one I've ever seen. (laughs) I guess we'll have to uh, we'll have to pull some of those out. That might make for some interesting podcast listening when you pull out uh, the anime series. I think it it might be a tough bill trying to remember something that we have literally never seen. Yes. All right, so we've looked through kind of our favorite bits and pieces. Um, now let's look through each of the series just kind of quickly. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, how much we like each one, uh, how much of it we've seen, um, and then just kind of talk to some of the characters and some of the episodes maybe that we remember. And, of course, the ship, which, I mean, in a lot of cases is a character on the show. Um, so, Matt, tell me, the original series, how much of it have you seen? Um, and I, where would it rank kind of in terms of your enjoyment of all the series if you look at them all? Well, I never really got fully into the original series. I, I, I mean, if I were to guess, I would say maybe I've seen a third of the episodes. There's a bunch that I've never seen. 
So uh, if we pull those ones out, that'll be a little interesting. Um, I mean, I watched, my dad was kind of into it, and so he would watch it occasionally, and I would watch it with him sometimes. And I've gone back and watched some of the classics, but I haven't really, I, I've never sat down and watched, gone through the whole series. And I, I mean, I've only really seen maybe, like I said, maybe a third of them. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, IGN did a top 25 uh, original series episodes um, like years ago when I was still in school, and I thought, you know, I should really go back and watch these. These are kind of classics. So I have watched those. If it happens to be on, I'll tend to kind of watch it, but I, I'm about the same. I've maybe seen like a third to half the episodes, and I mean, a lot of them I've seen one time. So... Um, I like the original series. It's just that um, when I grew up, in comparison to like in the '60s, it's a little bit dry, um, and some of the episodes are a little bit of a slog to get through. Um, that being said, I think that it has like one of the best casts. Um, I think that like the, they maybe don't use her and Chekhov and um, a lot of the side characters that much, but I think that like the main three are really good. Um, even when you go back and watch the original series. Um, they are on, like they're on their game, like almost from from day one, right? Like I know yeah. that next generation stuff they like a little bit uh, to get their you know their grounding. Like the first season's not the best, but then they kind of pick it up in later seasons. I mean, the original series is only three seasons, and it's like boom, boom, boom. Some of the best episodes are almost right off the bat, right? So that's true. Yes. Yeah. Um, and what about like the, the? I mean, it's it's hard to review it and talk about it, but I mean, what do you think of the Enterprise, despite the fact that it's very sixties and like the gobbles and the gadgets and the gears? Um, how do you like the Enterprise? Uh, when you consider the time period when it was the show was made, I think it's actually not that bad. It's it's. It is a little kind of cheesy and clunky looking, but it's not a terrible looking ship, I don't think. Yeah, it's so iconic, and so much of all of the later things are based around the fact that it looks the way that it does, that it's actually kind of a difficult thing to, you know, even compare it to, right? That's true, Like, yeah. everything after was based around the idea of, like, a saucer area, the nacelles, they're all kind of variants on it, right? Yeah. And if you stray too far away... I think people start to get their get their backs up. They don't really like when you get away from kind of that classic look. With maybe like the Defiant. The Defiant I think got kind of a free pass. But um, yeah, that's true. No one really, no, there wasn't really a lot of uh, outcry about the Defiant. No, that's maybe at the time there was, but I don't ever remember hearing about it. I guess no, it was kind neither. of a different thing, right? Like it was a whole kind of different idea. Um, I guess. They did update it for the movies, right? And they kind of like refitted it, but I think for like the classic original one, um, yeah, it's it's hard to compare it to anything, right? Yeah, for sure. All right, what about the next generation? I mean, you already said that it was kind of like your de facto. Oh, sorry, what about the animated series? Um, we almost forgot the animated series. Yes, the animated series. <laughs> we kind of alluded to the idea that we haven't really watched this, and actually, part of the thing I, I'm finding a bit exciting is that there is the chance that we are going to pull that animated series and it's going to force us to sit down and watch it because I have never really had any interest to watch it and I don't really know much about it and I, I think that it is going to be kind of kind of a fun thing to, to do when it comes up. And I think it was only on for like one or two seasons. I didn't even know it existed until maybe seven or eight years ago. Oh yeah, so it's <laughs> like, uh, why didn't you watch it? Well, aside from not knowing that it did, that it existed, I just 
I don't know. I never. It's probably the same reason I didn't really watch the original series. I just never really got into it. Yeah, I guess people are somewhat of a creature of the time, right? Yeah, that's true. And I think it's the original series ship, right? That's right, yeah. I think, yeah. so. I've watched uh, one episode. I watched the first episode a few weeks ago because I was curious, and... It was okay? It was okay. Yeah. Um, all right, next it has, generation. It has, a, it has a good theme song. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't even I don't even know that. No, so. it's, it's kind of a... It's very similar to the original series, but it's a little more kind of jazzy and upbeat. Yeah, that's true. Now, I mean, I guess maybe we should just mention that as well. Do you like the original series? Oh, or is it a little uh, dated for you? I think it's a little dated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do like the ship kind of flying by. And if you watch the Netflix ones, they have updated the graphics and everything like that. Yep, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's a little more, it's a little bit easier to, to stomach. Yeah. I always kind of liked it, but it is kind of in... This way that the whole series was in the, the ultimate cheese ball kind of way, right? Like everything about it has that little bit of camp to it, yes. um, which is very endearing. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, uh, the next generation. Uh, you said it was your de facto honorable mention favorite series, so tell me about it. Uh, you know, how much do you like it, and uh, you know, how much of it have you seen? I'm assuming all of it. I've definitely seen all of it. Uh, I, I would say that I've I've seen every episode at least. Three or four times. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, yeah. It. I watched a lot of it when I was when I was younger. Right. You know, it was probably it was the, I mean that was the series that really got me hooked on Star Trek. So it's always gonna have a bit of a soft spot. It was my favorite series for a long, long time. And uh, I don't know. It's it's a uh, it's a great it's a great show. Yeah, it really is. And I think that um, of all the series that try to do like the episodic nature, you know, Voyager and um, the original series and the next generation that it definitely did it the best um i feel like they did you know it, it was kind of like that pinnacle show throughout the 80s and early 90s um i've actually only seen all the episodes once um and then some of the heavy hitters multiple times but yeah there's a lot especially like in the first couple of seasons where i kind of watched it once and that i, I just kind of never went back to them um and again, I didn't watch it when I was a teenager. I just watched it as an adult. So I had kind of that adult perspective of it. But it is such a good show. And yeah, I actually have heard of people that are not Star Trek fans. They're not even sci-fi fans. But when it got put up on Netflix, I think, like, almost everybody, like, binged through it. Like, it's that good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know a lot of people who are not big Star Trek fans. We're all, like, when it, when it, we're, I mean, we're, we're in Canada. And that was the first one that was put on Netflix, I remember. And, like, everyone was like, oh, my God. Watch Star Trek: The Next Generation. Let's let's do it. Yeah, and what do you think that is? Do you think that it's the cast? Do you think that it's the you know the ship and the aesthetics and the adventure, or do you think that it's the writing or a mixture of everything? I think it's mostly like what you said about how it's a truly episodic show, and you don't really need to start at the beginning and go all the way through it. You can pick it up almost anywhere, and it's the the episodes are very self-contained, and, and you don't have to really. You can just pick it up anytime and watch it and enjoy it because each each episode is just it's a, you know for more often than not they're all just very good stories. Right, and I think that the one of the reasons why it's so enjoyable is that a whole idea that everybody on the ship is so likable, all the aesthetics are so comfortable. Like if you had to pick a ship that you had to live on out of the Star Trek universe, like it would be really tough not to pick Enterprise D. Right? It just seems like such an adventure. It seems like so much fun. 
you know, it's kind of like a bunch of best friends cruising around the galaxy in like a really cool car, you know, like a really cool ship. Um, and I feel like that part of it really pulls people in, right? And I think that they did a very good job of making some funny episodes, some holodeck episodes, some action episodes, some, you know, they tried the horror thing. Like they did such a good job of keeping it varied. Um, and it was more along the lines, like what I was saying with the original series, where it was kind of just the main three all the time. With Next Generation, they kind of transitioned into, this is a Crusher episode. This is a Riker episode. This is a Picard episode. Yeah. Um, and I think that that made it, like, fun to be part of, fun for the ride, right? Because you watched it each week, and you didn't, weren't really sure, is this going to be your favorite character's episode, or is this going to be your least favorite? You know, like, that kind of thing really added to it, I think. Yeah, it really was sort of an idealized vision of the future, I mean, even more so than the original series, because every... You know, you walk around the ship and everything's very clean and very nice looking, and it's got holodecks, it's got ten forward, it's got you know, it's got everything, and it's it, it it's really a really sort of idealized vision of the future, which is really what Star Trek is all about. Is all about yeah. I, I even remember hearing that like uh, Gene Roddenberry had said like none of the characters should have any conflict. Everybody should get along, right? Like this is a perfect future where there's no nobody argues, nobody complains, everybody is works together for like the greater good mm -hmm. um, which is definitely apparent especially in the early episodes um what about the enterprise d i kind of already talked about how it's like kind of the coolest ship in the fleet perhaps it's definitely is the nicest with all the bells and the whistles um what about you how do you like the enterprise d it's a pretty cool ship i mean if you look at the the outside of it it's kind of a little more sleek and a little more you know smoother lines than the original series enterprise so it's it's definitely an improvement there. It's probably, I, I think it's probably the coolest looking ship out of them all, I think, anyway. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think that uh, it's just different enough from the original series one that it makes it look completely different, but also similar, right? The two nacelles and the saucer, and then they added the fact that it can separate and everything like that. So um, I think that that made for, you know, a, a familiarity, but also just that little bit different. Um it's hard to say, like, when the Enterprise D gets destroyed in Generations, was that, like, a gut punch to you? Um, and how does that compare to, like, um, when the Enterprise, like, refit model gets blown up in the movies? Do you have the same reaction, or do you definitely feel worse, or don't even care? Well, I feel like it was bound to happen sooner or later. And given that it was a movie, they would probably be able to make it have a bigger budget and make it that much more spectacular. I mean, you can't really blow up the ship in the middle of your series. Right. So it was kind of a sad moment, but at the same time, I was like, oh, they're going to make probably a bigger and better looking one. So maybe it won't be so bad after all. Right. And I guess you'll have to wait till we get to the movies um, until we find out how we like the Enterprise E. Yes. All right, and uh, I guess we, we said this was our favorite series, so we should probably have lots to talk about. Uh, Deep Space Nine, what are your thoughts on Deep Space Nine? Uh, so Deep Space Nine, I mean, I've seen the entire series at least two or three times. Um, I, did, I watched it during the original run. At first it was kind of spotty because it was overlapping with Next Generation, and the first season and a half was kind of not the greatest. 
But once uh, once it got into season three, I was like pretty into like I was following it pretty much every week for the rest of the run. Like I was really like it was. I always liked it a lot, even from the start, because it was kind of different than the next generation. It was on a space station, obviously, and it was it was a different kind of feel to it. Um, so yeah, I I've always really liked it. it until I it wasn't really until I went back and watched it in the last couple of years that I was like, you know what, this is this is the one for me. This is my favorite series. Right, and I like I said, I watched the uh, the next generation with my wife on Netflix. We just kind of powered through it. Um, and then when we got to Deep Space Nine, um, we watched the first seven episodes, I want to say, and she was kind of like, I can't do this. Like, this is awful. Like, I think she was really into, like, the exploration stuff, and I think that she would have been one of those people that was like, I don't like it being on a station. She liked kind of the adventures, meeting new people and stuff like that. Um, and so she kind of said, I can't watch it anymore. Um, but I was a little bit more... Stingin, I kept kind of trying it, and I watched it by myself up until the beginning of season two, and then the beginning to middle of season two, I was like, you really need to come back and like give this another try, um, and she was like, oh, okay, begrudgingly watched a couple more episodes, I was like, oh, okay, you know what, like, I, I'm kind of seeing it, right, like, um, and she got hooked too, so like, I'm sure if we went and asked her, she'd say it's probably her favorite series as well, because again, it's just so character-driven, and you know, by the end of the series, like, I kind of don't even remember that it's like, oh, this one's on a space station, not a spaceship, like, I feel like it doesn't matter, right? Like, I feel like Star Trek can just transition so easily into, like, a, such a wide variety of things, right? Yeah, totally. It, it... It was, I think early on they sort of tried to bring the exploration to the station. Well, that was the idea, right? Like people will come here rather than us going there. Yeah, and it didn't it didn't really work that well, I don't think. And I think when they sort of transitioned more towards the whole Dominion War coming thing, I think that sort of worked a little bit better. Yeah, having the home base and kind of going out with the Defiant and doing adventures and getting into things and then coming back was kind of a, a really good idea. Maybe kind of um, salvage that idea a little bit for those that didn't really like the, the space station. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, speaking of the Defiant, uh, what do you think of... I mean, it's not really... I guess it is the ship of Deep Space Nine. Maybe we should talk about the station more. Um, but what do you think of the Defiant? I, when they first brought it in, I thought it was a pretty cool-looking and pretty badass ship. Um, I, I think it's okay. I, I mean, it, it, it sort of isn't what you're used to. Yeah, it's very functional, right? The only it's, things that you really ever see is kind of like the bunks and the, the bridge, and it's really just like a plot device to get them to the, you know, through the wormhole or take this and fight this thing. Like, it's not really... Um, it's not really, like, on the same par. I guess we would probably have to ask, like, uh, what you feel or what, how you like uh, Deep Space Nine. Would you like to live on Deep Space Nine? In the beginning, probably not, because it was, like, <laughs> shambles and the yeah, dump. Um, later on, it might not be so bad once they sort of fix it up and cleaned up all the all the mess and all the malfunctioning uh, things. That's true. I, I, I feel like the main characters, when the show first starts, it's like, I don't really want to be here either. There's garbage lying around. It's not very nice. But then by the time that you get to the end of the series, they've kind of like sunk in. They've made it their home. And I kind of feel the same way. 
yeah. idea like I could live on it kind of posted in your warren. It would kind of be a really cool place. You know, you go go for dinner on the promenade, walk home, walk to work, it'd be great. Go to the Klingon restaurant. Go to the Klingon restaurant. It's really good. <laughs> All right, uh, Voyager. Um, did you watch Voyager in its original run as well? I did. Um, I was really into it for the first couple seasons, and then when Deep Space Nine started getting better, since I mean they overlapped by mm-hmm. five years, and so when Deep Space Nine got like got a little bit more intense, I kind of sort of came and went from Voyager. There were some points where I wasn't really watching it, but I mean I did pretty much see. I would say I saw like eighty percent of it during the original run. Right. There, there's, there are episodes here and there that I didn't see, but I, I, eventually I went back and, and saw them all. Right. I really liked Voyager. I mentioned that it was kind of the first one that I watched, and I think that because of that, maybe I'm like a little bit, have a soft spot for it. Um, but I always liked Janeway. I, I think that she was kind of a different captain than the other three that we had seen. Um, and I think that, again, it's... It's the characters, right? Like the characters you kind of get drawn into, and it's it's more episodic than Deep Space Nine. Um, but when Voyager is good, it's great, and when it's bad, it's terrible. Like, I yeah, that's very true. And I think that for a lot of people, they can't get over the whole fact that you knew what the final episode was, like on the pilot, right? Like the show is getting back. It has that whole Gilligan's Island problem where yeah. you know every episode, oh, we're going to get home, we're going to, you know, and you know that it's not going to happen. You know that they're saving uh, saving that to the end, and I think that a lot of people just couldn't get that over, but since I watched it after it was kind of over, I didn't really care. Like, I, I knew that was the deal going in, right? So I think that that kind of alleviates a lot of that. If I see a bad episode of Voyager, I go, eh, whatever. I know there's another good one coming along the line. You didn't think that episode, like the third episode where they found that micro wormhole, you didn't think they were going <laughs> to yeah. Can you imagine? I actually heard that they may, they did kind of kick around the idea of like, what if they did get back like in the fifth season and then they did something else? Like, um, you know, in uh, Caretaker, how they like mention that there is another Caretaker yep. and then I don't, I don't think they ever talk about it ever again. Um, or maybe they run into them, I don't remember, but, um, apparently they wrote that in as, like, a parachute, like, failsafe, so that right. if the show was not doing well, they would have just found the caretaker, gotten back to the Alpha Quadrant, and then basically would have just been, like, another ship in the Alpha Quadrant. Oh, but yeah, I, I read that, that it was actually kind of a failsafe if it wasn't going well, they were just going to pull the chute and be like, oh, we're back, and we're going to just go off and do regular adventures, right? Because that was the problem too, right? No Klingons, no Romulans. I mean, they did the micro wormhole where they talked to a Romulan and stuff like that. But all the the big characters and stuff that you've set up, it's gone, right? So um, do you like the ship itself? The Voyager, as it's called sometimes, but mostly they just call it Voyager. Uh, I think it's okay. It's kind of... They sort of deviate from the saucer thing and make it more sort of like a wedge shape or mm-hmm. very long. It, it, it's okay. I mean, it kind of is a little bit different, which I guess is a good thing because you just have run the same ship out there over right. and over again, so you might get bored of it. But I, I think it's okay as far as ships, ships go. go. It's smaller, right? Like it's a 200 person ship, whereas like the Enterprise is 1,000. Yeah. So uh, I always like that the nacelles, it makes it like, like in terms of like storyline, I don't. No, it makes no sense, but like the nacelles go and they like click up when it goes and stuff. Um, and they always talk about like that bio gel 
like the, the bioneural circuitry. Yeah, I guess that was kind of a cool idea. It doesn't really end up showing up in that many episodes, but that was kind of a neat thing. I liked that it was like top of the line. Yeah, like yeah. it was the fastest warp ship. It was for like deep exploration. Like that part of it is really cool, and I I think that it is a cool looking ship. Again, though, because it's the first one that I saw, it's hard to it's hard to to say, right? So yeah, I'm yeah. always going to be a little bit forgiving of Voyager. Um, Enterprise. What do you think of Enterprise? Enterprise was kind of, I mean, it's a prequel. So, and prequels are always kind of wrought with peril. Yeah, well, it was popular at the time. Yeah. It was yeah, popular that, at the time. That was the, yeah, that's true. It was very popular at the time. I, I, I mean, during the original run, I watched the first season, season and a half, like pretty, pretty intensely. But after that, it kind of, I kind of got less interested in it, and I, right. I mean, there were a bunch of episodes that I totally missed. And um, a few years ago, I went back and I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch. Like, and I, I didn't really have the most fond memories of it, but I went back and I watched. I was like, I'm gonna give it another chance, and I went back and watched them all. And there, and there were some cool ones that I'd never seen before. Um, but overall, I think it's an okay series. I think there's. You know, some of them are good, some of them are bad. I mean, it's that's sort of how all the series are, I guess, if you really think about it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I feel like one of the things that everybody always talks about with Enterprise is that it was like Star Trek Burnout. They had had like three series back to back to back. They overlapped. They were have they were cranking movies out, and then they went with this prequel idea. And I think people were just gassed. I remember watching uh, Broken Bow. Was that the first episode? I think. Yep. Yep. That was like an event. I think it was like UPN or somebody put on and they advertised the hell out of that thing. And I actually remember sitting and watching it and being like, eh, I don't really like this. And I, I think that was it. Um, uh, but I actually have had the luxury that like I've only started watching Enterprise like a week ago. So I actually have cranked through like the first five or six just to kind of see what it was about. I literally just went to watch it for this podcast. I had seen like a couple just by happenstance, but... I actually really like it, and I think it's just because it's almost like that, uh, it's like finding out there's like a James Bond movie you never saw, you know, and, uh, you know, or like a Batman movie you never saw, like, I'm watching this, and it's kind of like, holy, there's a whole other series that I haven't ever seen, and it's kind of, I, I like the idea that it's a prequel now. At the time, I hated that, or I didn't really care enough to worry about it, but now, you know, they have kind of a lot of neat things, and, I mean, they'll probably just drop them halfway through or something, but... Like, the fact that they don't have... They have to use the shuttle pods to get down. And the fact that they have to do, like, the, the showers whenever they go to other planets and stuff. Like, there's not as many, like, conveniences that uh, the later ships have, right? It's true, yeah. Which is really cool. I, I think from that standpoint, they actually did a pretty decent job of, of not screwing up with the technology like it right. was like uh, there aren't a lot of times where you're like well wait a second they shouldn't have that yet like they, they really didn't make any really Major big, big mistakes down. that way yeah so i mean uh, i'll credit them for that I mean, yeah as far and... as like continuity it's sort of it, it, there weren't a lot of instances even like in terms of like the history right where you're just right. like man that's not right Right. They actually, they actually did their research and, and did a pretty. They tried to job. make it a good prequel. Yeah, yeah. And, and I have heard one of the like downsides of doing like a, you know, two hundred years post Nemesis, post Voyager series is that 
will technology become so good in that theoretical future that it could just solve any problem and that you would just never be able to write any shows because every time you're like, oh, we need this thing, ah, we'll just like make it with the replicator. Oh, this guy's got a virus. Well, we'll just put him through like the bioscanner. You know, and I've actually heard that on, even on Next Generation, the writers sometimes did have a trouble. Like one week, they, you know, they basically say, oh yeah, the, uh, you know, beaning the guy out, got rid of the virus, right? And then the very next week, the guy has a virus. It's like, well, why don't you just beam him? And then they'll get rid of it, you know, like the bio scan and stuff like that. So yeah. there is some limitations. And by doing the prequel, you kind of were able to kind of reset some of that stuff, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what about the ship? Because, I mean, again, it's the saucer with the nacelles, but it's a little bit different, right? The nacelles are smaller. It's like the whole thing is kind of smaller. Everything's old. Yeah, it was kind of like going back and sort of rehashing the original series ship, kind of. I, I mean, I think it's... I don't think it was a particularly spectacular-looking ship, but I thought it was okay. You could see it going through the progression, right? Like, I think yeah. they did a pretty good job. Like, they had the big overalls and stuff like that, and everything kind of looked like it could have been before the original series. Like, they, they really did try to keep that kind of stuff in line, right? Which is kind of a nice looking forward, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, like, the ship sort of looks the way you probably might imagine it. If someone were to, like, yeah, save you, what would the Enterprise look like 100 years before Kirk... And his ship was around. I mean, it's it sort of fits. Yeah, I do. I agree. Um, and I mean, it's kind of weird to say it, but yeah, they did two prequels back to back because we're sitting here in 2018. Um, it just wrapped on the first season of Discovery. It itself is a prequel. What did you think about Discovery? You probably remember that I was very, very skeptical about it when mm. it first was sort of when we started seeing trailers and you know promotional photos and all this sort of stuff i was like i don't like the looks of this and even after the first probably three or four episodes i was kind of like this is looking a little too jj abrams ish for my liking i don't know if this is really going to be good but then but i couldn't stop watching no matter how bad i wanted to and uh by the end of the season i was like you know what this might be good i mean the 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 first season i thought was was not terrible i thought it was there were some good episodes and i thought the overall kind of story was good and, and by the end i was i was i would say i was won over a lot more than i thought i would be yeah i would say about the same i think that when it first came out it was a prequel i was ah and then they said and they're gonna wear these outfits and i was like ah and then I, I was really, you know, I think that uh, Jonathan Frakes had mentioned, like, oh, and they're going to go to the Mirror Universe, and I was like, oh, like, there were so many things about it that I was really not that excited for, um, and all things told, I think that, yeah, it's it's pretty good. The characters are, are likable enough. Um, I think that they could probably, you know, do to kind of build on them a little bit more. I would like some more maybe classic one-off kind of episodes, but in terms of you know, going and making one big long story arc, it's it's pretty good, and it was much better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And the Discovery itself uh, might be a bit of, of a sticky spot. What do you think of the Discovery? Uh, the ship itself, uh, the rotating saucer, I think, is extremely terrible. Mm. Uh, I think they sort of went a little bit too much towards, like, a clunky, blocky kind of design for the ship. So, I mean, overall, I'm not really a huge fan. Yeah, I, I don't love it. I find that it's kind of sterile, like, at the hallways. It's really small, too. 
Yeah. Um, we haven't really seen like the real engineering where like the warp core is and stuff. And I mean, not to get too too continuity ish, but like there, like how does that fit ten years before? the Enterprise, and, like, then the Enterprise showed up in the last one and stuff, and, like, when they look, sit there together, like, just doesn't quite look right. Yeah, I know the spinning saucer is, that's a gimmicky thing for kids' toys or something, right? Like, it doesn't really make any sense to me, but, um, overall, I think that it has promise. It's definitely a better first season than a lot of the other shows. Like, if you compare it to, like, Next Generation first season... It's hard to argue that it's worse, right? So I mean, yeah. that 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 could say a lot moving forward. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, you, well, even Deep Space Nine, like that first season, there were some pretty bad episodes there. Too. Yeah, the, the the actors and the characters and stuff gelled a lot better in the first season of Discovery, and there was less episodes too, right? Um, yeah. Than some of the episodes where they had you know twice as many episodes, but they were really kind of just getting their footing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how it progresses uh, in the next next few seasons. All right, Matt. Well, you know what? We have put it off long enough. I think it's time that we randomly pick an episode of Star Trek. Um, the way that it's going to work is I'm kind of like the host this week, so I'm going to randomly pull one out of the police cap that I've got all the episodes in here. I'm going to unfurl it. I'm going to tell Matt the series, the episode number, uh, the season, and the name of the episode. He's going to try to recall as much as he can in one minute's time, uh, and then I'm going to cut him off. Um, just in terms of uh, double episodes, the way that that's going to work, so if there was any two-parters, if we pull a two-parter, uh, Matt's going to try to uh, tell me everything he can remember in both parts, but we're going to review those over two weeks. So it's right. a two-parter, and it's going to be over two weeks. Um, the other thing that was a little bit tricky to do was um, they did a big 11, was it 11 or 9 episode? I think it was actually 9 episodes um, at the end of Deep Space Nine, where they were kind of all linked together. Yes. So those are actually linked together as well in episodes of 3. So right. if you get one of those big ones, then uh, you're going to have to try to remember what happened in the first third, the middle third, or the last third of the last Deep Space Nine um, series. Uh, and like I mentioned, it's all the series up to Discovery. There are no movies. That's going to be for just special occasions. So are you ready? I believe I am ready, yes. Okay, I am super excited. I've got a huge file of episodes here in my police cap. I'm reaching in, reaching in, reaching in. And I am pulling it out. Okay, let's just see what we've got here. All right. In one minute or less, it is from the next generation. Phew! <laughs> it is season two, episode six, The Schizoid Man. The Schizoid Man. Okay. And am I ready? And go. All right. The Schizoid Man. Um, this one is going to be tough because it's early next generation, so I haven't seen it that many times. To be honest, I'm not 100% sure which one this is. Uh, I, I seem to recall it might it might be about this some diplomat who has like a some sort of uh, mental health issue where he's like he he sort of like has a Jekyll and Hyde thing going on where so you know he'll 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 appear one you know as a nice affable 
guy and unknown, unbeknownst to him, he'll go off and, and do things that are not good. Uh, I, I seem to remember that, but I, I'd be totally wrong. I, I'm really struggling with this one. Do you remember what character was kind of at the forefront or any... Uh... I feel like it was Troy was like trying to use it. He had like some negotiation or something and Troy was like trying to help him through it. But I... I, I Okay, well, as you run through the last couple of seconds of time, you are out of time. Uh, We will have to go off and uh, scuttle away and watch the schizoid man. I don't really remember that one either. I feel like Riker had something to do. Like, Riker was the only one that kind of noticed uh, the weird things, and then it came back later. But it looks familiar, but, like, I think it's going to happen a lot of time. Sometimes we might just get some, uh, you know, some, some strange episode um and that will do it for uh random trek review for this week so uh make sure that you join us next time uh on random trek review when we look at the schizoid man the schizoid man tune in you'll find out what happens This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer. List other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. And she starts swinging it in a ridiculously reckless way. That is so over the top that I was laughing out loud. It's putting a smile on my face. I know you were laughing I really when you first saw it. I related to that moment. <laughs> you know I get over the top. It was, uh, I just think it gives a good idea at her. And the way they cut around it, it's so close in her face. You're like, oh my God, she's crazy. And then we get the moment where she just slices it into his leg. And it's very graphic. It's re- detail. You see the muscle, like the different muscles torn. You can like see the, the Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's I think you see bone as well. Loading Hollowsweet preview program for The Janeway, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. The orangey skin makes me think of something else. Makes you think nowadays. of Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, it, and bad hair. Oh my god! He's Kazon. Donald Trump is Kazon. Trump is Kazon. Oh my god! I'm surprised he's not calling himself Marge Trump. <laughs> because he's not very bright either. No. It fits perfectly. I understand it all now. We've we've just been taken over by the Kazon. And we didn't even realize it. No. Oh my god. <laughs> Listeners, we've just sold the mystery of the last four years in the United States. Loading Holosuite preview program for There Are Four Questions, a Star Trek Spotlight podcast. I always thought I was special that I knew that the theme came from the end of, of the original motion picture. Like, I thought nobody knew that but me. <laughs> and of course, that was dumb to think. But that was, and that was the thing that, that always really sort of stuck with me. So in getting to in getting to work on Discovery, it was, you know, really, really an amazing experience for me and an amazing thought to be able to start working in this world of this kind of narrative. But when when I talked to Alex about doing um, Picard, it was on a whole nother level of of connection for me. Computer deactivate Holosuite.